Welcome to Not Your Average Mother Runner Podcast. My name is Lisa, and this is not just a podcast about running. This is a podcast to empower women through fitness and health and everything in between. Because let's be honest, ladies, this journey could suck if we don't get our shit together. Welcome back, everyone. Today's guest is Alan. He is in the healthcare industry, and he is from New York. So welcome, Alan. Hi, Lisa. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for coming on to the podcast and giving a male frame of mind in regards to dating and being in relationships with women. So let's start with how old are you, Alan? I am 36 and a half. I'll be 37 at the end of the year. Okay. All right. <laughs> you got to have the half in there, right? Like, you know, when you're, you got to have that extra so little. So when's, when's the 38-year birthday? 38 would be in a year and three months, but 37 is oh, going to be. Oh, you're 36. Like, I'm sorry. You said 36. 36 and a half. 36 and a half. I'll, uh, actually, three quarters. But anyway, I'll be 37 around Thanksgiving this year. Okay. Well, happy birthday ahead of time. Thank you so much. I'm expecting flowers, maybe some chocolates. Ain't going to happen. But anyways, um, <laughs> why don't you describe yourself, even though I get the sense of, you know, um, are you more of an introvert or an extrovert? So you've known me for a little bit from some of our conversations, and you're not going to believe this, and my friends don't believe it, but I actually am more introverted than people ever give me credit for. I'm in my head all day, every day, thinking, where can I go? What can I do? How can I say this on this never-ending quest to be the best? That being said, I am extroverted as heck. I'm always out. I'm always talking. I'm always joking. I'm always saying things. I can't stop talking, which may be a blessing and a curse. Um, So yeah, that's kind of how I am. Let's start discussing like your early dating experiences. Were you dating in high school? I don't know if you'd even call it dating. I have, I mean, I had my first kiss per se. What was I? First grade? Second grade? I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, oh, cute. Yeah. And I actually can go back maybe to even kindergarten playing doctor with a girl (laughs) at her house. And I had no idea what it was. So did I ever have a girlfriend? What is a girlfriend when you're that young? I mean, the stakes have been raised much higher the way I understand it for teenagers these days in high school. Mm -hmm. But when I was in high school, sure, I had, I guess, a girlfriend. I mean, there was nothing physical. I mean, maybe we like made out a couple of times or something, but I wasn't very active in that. And come when I turned 15 or so, I was really struggling to find out who I am, who I wanted to be, what I wanted to identify as uh, on the inside, not gender wise. And girls and women, sure, they were around, but I was so into playing sports, playing music, watching TV, just kind of figuring out where my life was going to go. And I was a late bloomer. And I find at that young age, life will pass you by quick because Mm. it's exponential. You know, the person who gets that head of the curve, so to speak, you know, they're excelling so much further socially. And then kind of as we just made jokes about, I have a late birthday anyway. I started high school at 13 years old Mm. because when I was younger, all the kids my age Uh, My mother actually lied on all of my slips. Back in the day, there was no formal verification. You just literally would just write when your birthday was. And the cutoff for sports was always around August or September. So we would just use my sister's birthday, which was July. So I always got to play with my friends. I didn't want to be put with the kids a year younger than me for camp, for Little League, for everything. Well, that kind of naturally propelled me into high school at 13 years old, Mm -hmm. where you have to make big decisions. And I applied to a couple different high schools because I was in performing arts, kind of. And I didn't get into the high school, so I started regular high school. And I'm already 13. Everybody's driving before me. People are drinking before me. And not that that's the legal age, but you know, just your social life excels rapidly in high school. And I just felt like I was a late bloomer and I was younger. And then that kind of took me through high school. So sure, I guess I had like a girlfriend here and there, but I didn't really care that much about it. I didn't go to my own senior prom. I 
I didn't want to go. I didn't love the people I went to high school. It felt very fake. It felt very phony. And I was just waiting to get to college. And for me, college was now we're going to really figure out what life is about. And of course, that college is not what life is about. But that was basically my high school experience. Okay. So let's talk about your college experience. Is that when the dating really got crazy? Yeah. I wouldn't even say it got crazy as much as she, we were crazy. I was going to say she was crazy, but you know what? I was, <laughs> I was no saint either, to be fair. You know, I went to the university. Should I say where I went? Uh, anyway, I went to a big college university. And from there, I'm now 17 years old. So I still am the younger person. And mm-hmm. we actually had a natural disaster on the first month of campus, believe it or not. And, you know, I grew up and we don't get tornadoes on the East coast. And next, you know, there's this big tornado and it kind of comes on campus. And I end up with a friend I just met and we scamper around campus and we end up meeting a couple of his friends from home. And there was this very good looking girl. And I was, we got to talking and one month into my freshman year of college, I met somebody that I ended up dating for seven years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we had a couple of hiccups along the way. And of course, we had a couple little breaks here and there, but that was more or less my experience from age 17 to 23, 27, 20, sorry, uh-huh. 23, 24. And it was a toxic relationship on both ends. It should have been over in months, but I was 17, late bloomer, insecure, kind of introverted for what it's worth, still figuring out, you know, I was in a fraternity and I played a sport. I was figuring out who are my friends, who do I hang out with, where do I go? And at the same time, I am sleeping in the same bed in a tiny twin size bed in college with a a girl, which was a new experience and fun. And I, I enjoyed it. And I was way too afraid to be alone, way too afraid to start over, if you will, and I just stuck through this relationship and it was a bad idea. Okay. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. And I get that you're young, but you're now, you're not that age, you know, you matured and looking back at that, well, I hope you did looking back at, <laughs> well, you know, looking back, you have more experiences under your, under your belt. Looking back at that time frame. You said a couple of things. You said something like, well, you said you didn't, you were afraid of not being, you didn't want to be alone. But you said that it was also a toxic relationship. How much time in that relationship, looking back, did you think, "Mm, I don't know if I want this? Oh my God. A year, two years. I mean, I I felt like I was all in and this was my first really big relationship where I felt like after a month or two, I had already invested more time and energy and everything than I ever had. It's hard starting over for anybody. And you hear people that are married and divorced, whatever, and it's very, very hard. And learning how to cut your losses is something I've gotten way better at. And even in my life later on, I have people now where I'm just very sure of who I am, what I want, and they girls will say, how are you so sure you know what you want? I tell them because I've already done this. I've already gone down this road where if something isn't working, I'm not going to keep forcing it. So it probably took a couple of years, maybe even the first summer when we were apart where we were just arguing and yelling. I'm like, do we even want to do this? And it was a terrible idea, but we quote unquote loved each other. And this is what relationships are. And we were so young and we both were so jealous and insecure of so many things, which is totally normal, in my opinion, for a 17, 18 year old couple. Okay. Let's just talk about you. Okay. So you went, you're going through this experience and about one year into the relationship, approximately one year, you're feeling like you don't even want to do this. The reason why you don't you don't break it off is because you don't want to start over and you are afraid of being alone. Am I correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, and during that time that you had these red flags, as some people call it, or just this gut feeling, did you ever once said to her, you know, what? I don't know what's going on. I'm not feeling this. Or, you know, I don't like it when you, I mean, were you doing any of that? Now, I was not mature enough to use the phrases and the words that you were saying, but that was the underlying message. I mean, I was being an insane person, you know, just being so jealous and crazy. And it, it <laughs> I wish we all could phrase those the ways you just yeah, did. Yeah, but beautiful. did you say it? 
You may have not have said it the way I did, but did you ever at one point tell her, look, I don't like this. I don't want this. I don't know if this is going to work. You have. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we did it back and forth. It became like a a routine. Okay. but But you both stayed for how many years again? Probably about seven years. I'd say six or seven years. Okay. Then at what point was the, there a breaking point where it ended? There were many quick little hiccups, breakups here and there, but there was a big one when she went away. We were actually supposed to move in together and I was just finishing up you know, graduate school and she goes away with some friends and she's in a foreign country. And she said, when I come back, you know, we're going to move in together. And so you need to make sure you have an apartment for us. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And like a week into the trip, she calls me and she says, you know what? If you get an apartment, make sure it's something that you like because I'm not sure if I'm going to be coming. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? And I don't think she was necessarily wrong, but she said to me, you know, I'm young. I want to experience the world. And I said, well, we can experience it together or separately. And she's like, no, I need to grow and be my own person. And I was devastated. I mean, it was really tough because it was a big change. And again, I can look back and say that was the right decision, if not doing this sooner. And then we took this pretty big break and I was, I mean, crying and depressed and so sad. And then one day I just had like, you know what? I just don't care about you anymore. You know, there was a a New Year's where I was working and we were living in different states and I called her on the phone and I was, hey, what are you doing tonight? And I was ready to get into my car and drive hours to see her and she didn't want nothing to do with me. She could barely take the time to pick up the phone and say Happy New Year's to me. And I said, you know what? I am done. And she then came and drove to see me a day or two later and it just didn't matter. I was so checked out at that point. And then a couple months later, I met somebody else. We started dating. And then I learned for the first time in six, seven years, wow, relationships can be fun. This is so nice to be with somebody and not argue and not have problems and not hate each other. And I was with somebody for that summer and it was amazing. And it didn't work out because she was ended up moving for work, which was totally fine. We had somewhat of an amicable breakup. And then, of course, my college girlfriend and I start getting back together. We start talking And I just couldn't care less anymore because we went right back into that stupid bickering phase, which I was definitely guilty about being. And I thought to myself, you know what? That person I was with over the summer, and this is not the same thing. The summer girlfriend was the way life is supposed to be. And I knew that as a 23, 24-year-old, I was done. And I think we had maybe one or two more months of kind of trying to make it work. And then remember one time, it was like every other breakup we ever had. It was every other like, fine, well, we're done. And this is it. And I was like, okay, all right, see you later. And it stuck. And that last time it stuck. And that was it. Okay. So when the first breakup happened and you met up with another woman, how much time was that? Like you said, a couple months? Yeah, a couple of months. Not that I wasn't. Yeah, a couple of months. And then with the one woman you were with her for the summer. Yeah, pretty much. She was somebody I met at one of my work jobs and we were talking and we became friends and she said she's moving at the end of the summer. And I was like, all right, cool. Let's just be friends. Or she goes, no, let's maybe we can make this work. And all right, we tried. And then the, the summer ends and she says, you know what? I'm moving. She moved to California. And I was like, okay, I, this is not going to work. But we had, a, like I said, somewhat of an amicable breakup and it was good. It was just so different. And I know I'm supposed to talk about me, but in all my experiences that haven't worked, and I, people I feel can relate, when, when you go from something toxic to something normal or something good, there is such a shift in your brain function, and I, feel, I felt that. I felt like, wow, this is so great. I would so much rather be with the summer girlfriend or somebody like her versus going back to the, the toxicity that was developing from a bad relationship. Let's talk about the summer girl that you say that's what you you liked. What was different? You said that there was no bickering. There was yeah. so what what so besides the no bickering, uh, did it seem in your mind less stressful? Oh my god! Of course, it was. She she was a little more of a tomboy, more so than my college girlfriend. And she was laid back. She didn't mind that I went out. She didn't mind that I had friends. We could have our own separate lives and develop where my college girlfriend and I just started. In, in, or we almost didn't have our own identities. We were together, always right, together. Right. I was here and I think that was so unhealthy for me and so unhealthy for her. And we were never able to grow as individuals 
And that's when she realized, like, I need to grow as an individual. And I took it very personally, but she was right. And being with this new summer girl, I was like, wow, this is so nice that it was a healthy relationship where we could laugh and joke and not fight. We didn't argue about anything ever. Maybe it was too new of a relationship where we didn't get to that point. So there was absolutely no arguing with that summer relationship. No. Stress-free, flowing, and you you like that. It was great. Okay. Then you went back to the, to the first girlfriend or you, if you were trying, it didn't happen. Okay. So then let's talk about what happened after that. Were you then actively dating? Were you, or did you just go from that to another relationship? Right. So that's pretty much, I took maybe two months off and I I guess I went on a couple of dates here and there. And then I met somebody who was the exact opposite of my college girlfriend. My college girlfriend was a taker, which is okay, but I felt her to be a little selfish. And this new girl I started dating um, in New York was a giver. She was such a giver. She was such a, dare I say, doormat almost. And for the first couple months of that relationship, it was awesome to go from being with somebody who couldn't do less for you to being with somebody who would constantly try to do more and more and more and more and more and more. And I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. And we were together for, I don't know, a year, a year and a half. And it was great to have somebody try so hard for you. But then that got old too, you know, and I, 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 I'll just use the analogy. Now I would never hit a woman ever, ever, never, ever, never. But she was the type of person who, if she ever did get hit, she would be the type that, Oh, is your hand? Okay. Like it did my face hurt your hand. It was that far to that extreme. And that was not okay either because then I turned into the bad person. I started taking advantage of her and her emotions and just, I I was a jerk. You can do whatever you want with no consequences. And that was not fair either. Okay. How did you meet this woman? Was it organically online? How did It, it, it was online. It was maybe one of my first times online dating. And being in New York city, there is no shortage of people of all races, shapes, sizes, and, she was a couple years older than me and she wanted to get married sooner. I mean, how was how old was I? 20, 23, maybe 20, no, 25, 26. And she was almost 30 years old and she was really looking to settle down. And I think she might've been a little bit of a chronic dater, just trying to find somebody to meet and to settle down. So yeah, we, we did not meet organically, but it felt very natural. Just the first couple of dates that we went out on and it felt good. Well, it felt good because she was giving you everything, give, 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 right? I mean, you did. There was not a lot of conflicting situations because she was the giver. You even used the word uh, a doormat. Um, you could act however you wanted to, and she would accept it. Um, but so you met her uh, online, and you said that she wanted to get married and settle down at that point were you looking for that as well i thought in my head conceptually i was because i was about 28 29 i guess towards the end of our relationship and i i would always been a relationship guy in my head you know i, I was with the one for so long and I, i'm just i was i don't think i've ever at that point in my life been on multiple dates in the same week the same night i've definitely never hooked up with two girls at the same there's never been any overlap with anybody i kind of moved from one thing to another and I was really figuring out who I was as a person and then professionally because I'm still developing and I'm still growing. And I remember one of the big turning points was her kind of mentioning like, so we're going to start to think about, you know, settling down. And I was like, whoa, I am. I mean, I get maybe that's where we're going, but it just didn't register to me that we were going to get married in the next year or two type of thing. I guess I kind of thought I had time and I didn't. And the relationship I I became too much of a taker. And again, using the term doormat, which is not a nice thing to say, but that's not good either because the the people pleasers, at least in my life, it, it only gets you so far. You have to, it's a give and take. And yeah. I, I found that that giving, giving, giving that she was doing was just very unattractive. And it didn't let me because I actually am more of a giver and it doesn't allow me to give or- right. Right. Yeah. You did. You didn't. You just said it. It didn't give you. It didn't allow you the opportunity to give at all. Um, how did that relationship end? Did you end it? Did she end it? You know, there was a New Year's. We 
where we were talking about our plans and she said she had friends going to one party and I told said my friends are going to another party. And I said, right, well, we can just do our own thing. And she was devastated. And I, at the time, thought, like, this isn't that big of a deal. I mean, you want to go there? I want to go here. Let's just do that. And I since have learned in my life, I mean, if there's somebody you care about in this world of all the nice, I mean, Valentine's Day, you can celebrate the day before, the day after. Birthdays are important. Usually the holidays are important, but New Year's is like number one because New Year's Eve is celebrated with a kiss, with a hug. And I've been that person to call my family. I've been the person to call my sister, anybody in my life I love. If you're in a relationship, there needs to be a really good reason you're not with that person on New Year's night, in my opinion. Well, I don't know, a week or two after that, and I started getting the blues. I started getting a little depressed and I thought it was me and she thought it was me. And I eventually kind of came to the conclusion it was more us. It was more, I was not happy in this relationship. She picked up on it and said, we should take a break. And we lived together and she was able to move back in with her parents, which was nice. I don't know, three weeks in, four weeks in, I am now going through the motion. I started therapy. I'm starting trying to really get my stuff together. And it slowly is becoming the, it's not me. It, it's, it's us. This does not work. And she is one of the reasons I wasn't happy. And she calls me weeks later with, so are you ready to talk? I said, no, you need to come get your stuff. Like this is done. The three weeks apart, which was a long time. In the first couple of days, I was sitting there like, no, I miss her. I want to be with her. And eventually I was like, nah, I'm done with this. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And she came one night when she knew I wouldn't be there and cleaned the place out. I mean, it wasn't robbery because she took everything that she had paid for, but our arrangement was I paid the rent and she kind of paid for the food, the everything. Mm-hmm. She took shampoo that she had <laughs> bought and didn't even want to use anymore. I mean, she, and again, she, she paid for everything. There was no lawsuit. There was no cops called. But I mean, it was just funny. I even left dishes in the dishwasher dirty because I was like, ah, she's not going to take dirty dishes. She ran the dishwasher and took those too. <laughs> okay, Alan. Oh my God, that's funny. Um, you said something that is actually, uh, you said that you sought out therapy, uh, which I think is a huge thing, a very mature thing to do. Why did you do that? What, why did you feel that you needed to do that? Well, it was basically per her recommendation. And this is a girl who's had her own struggles in the world with sexual assault and with Mm -hmm. loss and maybe with her own depression. And she said, you need to go do this. And I wasn't against it. So I thought I'd go try it. And I didn't really love it so much. It could have been the therapist I was working with who was more Mm -hmm. of a listener. I just remember he just would sit there and almost make faces to me. And I was like, ask me a question. I'll give you answers. And we even tried medication, and that was a horrible experience for me because the meds, for me, the first one made me so nauseous that I called him about two weeks in and said, hey, doc, you know, I cannot take these meds anymore. I said, the good news is I'm not depressed. The bad news is is I'm too busy being nauseous to think about my depression. So we stopped that, and then we started taking something else. And I wasn't sleeping. I I barely would get three hours a night. I'd fall asleep at three, wake up at six. And then there also was a little bit of a issue downstairs, we'll say. And as a guy, that is not anything I wanted to be a part of. And granted, it was only self-exploration, we'll say. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Alan, you don't need to talk anymore about that. (laughs) We get, I get it. I get it. I get it. All right. So we, we stopped with that. We continued talk therapy and it, I basically got better over a couple of months and then it correlated actually with meeting somebody else, which really changed my life. Okay. So Alan, you, so you would agree that the therapy worked where you started feeling better. Um, During that time, did you pinpoint, you know, what the issue was? Yeah, kind of everything that I already said as far as I thought she thought it was me, I thought it was her. It turned out that a lot of my issues were us. And this, in my opinion, for me, longing for love and connection. And I just wasn't getting that. Everything else in my life at this point, Lisa, was going great. I had a great job. I was making a good salary. I had a lot of friends. I had a very active social life. From the outside, I looked like you know, the, the guy that guys want to be and the girls that they want to be with. But I didn't feel that one last piece, which to me was a huge piece. The love and connection for me was 
everything. Mm. And it really just dragged everything down. And I was almost better off being alone versus mm-hmm. being with somebody that it wasn't working out. Right. And But then when that relationship ended, how far, how much of a time lapse was it before you met the new one, the next one? Yeah. I, you know what? I'm remembering. There, there was, I guess, somebody quickly in between, somebody that I worked with and went on a couple of dates with. And I really thought she was pretty great. She was a, a little older than me. And it ended up not working because, you know, she was this career-driven woman. And with her, she wanted to be taken care of, which it was kind of weird for me because I met her in the healthcare field and she had all these goals and desires. And then on a couple of dates, we kind of found out like she's only working that hard until she meets the guy that's going to take care of her and she's going to be a a stay-at-home mom. And I'm thinking like, oh, but I thought it was so great that you're working and driven. And she actually pulled the plug on me thinking, oh, yeah, if you're not willing to take care of me and support me, I was like, well, it's not that. I mean, we have to make decisions at the time when that happens. It's just more, I kind of was attracted to your drive and it didn't work. And I remember, I mean, I was pretty upset about it and I talked to some friends and I was throwing this big party and barbecue and it's probably about four months after that breakup, after that big breakup was when all that happened. And we had this two, three week thing and I threw this big party and it invited tons of friends. And then just out of coincidence, somebody who was friends of friends shows up and somebody I kind of knew and we ended up really hitting it off. And then that ended up becoming like my next big relationship in my life. So it sounds to me now that we're at that point of your life we're talking about, it sounds to me that you didn't do a lot of casual dating like here and there and like multiple and, and there's nothing wrong with this multiple women, like you're a one date with this woman and then Tuesday's another. You, you, it doesn't sound like you did that. You went I, from one relationship to another. Yeah. Call it a serial. At this point in my life, which I was about 30, was serial monogamy. For me, that was, yeah, I love to be loved. I love to love. And I thought this is how life was. And that's up until that point in my life. That's all I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now you're in this other relationship and how long did that one last that one was probably again probably close to a year and a half and i think you know we've talked a little bit and it was great we had our problems we had our issues but i valued her and that was my big thing because i felt lucky to be with her she was smart she was beautiful she was funny she had a career and i felt insecure about being with her you know because mm-hmm. here she had everything going for her. And it kind of got back a little bit of that feeling of my college ex-girlfriend with her where I thought like, wow, I am so lucky to be with her. And I started getting jealous and I started getting insecure. And she gave me the best line ever one day. She turned to me, she says, listen, you are not my first boyfriend, but if you play your cards right, you can be my last. And that really resonated for me. I thought those were some powerful words because I, I think me specifically has that insecurity. You know, most women that you're going to date that I've ever dated, and you're not their first boyfriend. They've had sex with other people. They've dated other people. They've done other things. And I had to start to accept that. And it took me probably till I was about 30 years old to realize like, you're just not going to be the only person in this person's life. And that's probably not a healthy thing if you were. Okay. So, I, so we dated and it was a great relationship. And kind of, as I already told you, you know, things were progressing very nicely. And then she had a very unforeseen accident and ended up the night before we were moving in together, she passed away in her sleep. And it was, it was just a crazy, weird coincidence of everything that kind of happened. And we, you know, she moved out of her apartment into my old apartment and we were moving into a new apartment the next morning together. And it was like day of wake up day, the movers are coming at nine. And, you know, I shook her a couple of times and that was it. She, she had had some seizure condition and she never recovered. And that is when my whole life changed. And it was like waking up one person, going to bed one person and waking up something completely new, being different. And nothing has ever been the same for me in my head since that day. I was such a different person and you carry the burden and you know what it's like. And if you've ever lost somebody, I mean, it's just your life is never the same after that. So talk about how that was impactful for you when it comes to relationships. I mean, one, never go to bed mad and cherish what you have. And if you don't, then don't be there. So for me and being in relationships, this is kind of where I had reached what I had thought was like the perfect relationship. We had our problems, believe me. We argued, we did different things, but for the most part, it was a give and take. We both 
felt lucky to be with each other, which I think is something very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some days I was the, I, I like to think there's a reacher and a reachy in every relationship. And with her, we, we switched some days. Some days, like, you know, people would say, wow, you're so lucky to be with her. And other days, she felt lucky to be with me. And I think that is the foundation of a great relationship. Because if one person feels like, and I know I always felt, if you can just find another person to be with, like, then you don't value. And being valued and valuing somebody is so important for me in my relationships. Yeah. That might be that might be number one is value. And there's so many branches that fall under valuing somebody. Okay. So after that happened, what was the time frame until you did you date? I'm gonna guess you didn't do social casual dating. What was the next relationship? What was the time span on that one? Hmm. I would say about I mean, the first, the first month was a blur. I mean, I barely remember it. And I would say maybe like, God, it was so long before I went on a, like a serious date, probably six months. And then I started casually dating. That's when I started uh, everything that you described before, like going on multiple dates a week, maybe going on multiple dates in a day, just constantly trying to reach out and find somebody out there that I can really connect with and that's when I kind of turned into what, you know, a New York City serial dater, a serial eh, casual hookups here and there, just meeting people where I don't know how serious any of those real relationships were. But God, it probably before I even met anybody that I cared about was about a year, maybe a year and a half, two years before I really felt like, oh, and I met plenty of girls that liked me and thought they could make it work. And it wasn't. I was nowhere as ready to be in a serious relationship. And that probably wasn't so fair to them. But I was, I mean, I didn't think I had to get married on the first date either. So I would just kind of take things slowly. And usually around month two has it always been in my life is when the woman starts to think, so where is this going? And I'm like, I don't know. I thought we're just dating. We're just having fun. It didn't matter their age. I wasn't dating anybody much older and much younger. It was just kind of like, I was not ready to really, really settle down by any stretch of the imagination. At, at 30, 31, having had all that dating experience and then having been with somebody where I thought like, this is the one. I'm, I'm all done, guys. Turn it. Here's my card and I'm at. That's it. Okay. So when you were dating all these women and you were casually dating, did you, were you look, because I know you said that you're dating because you want to feel that love and that connection. Were you honest up front with them and said, look, I don't know where this is going um, I, or, or I'm just kind of like just hanging out here. I'm just going to see where it goes. Were you up front with them? No, but at the same time, I don't think we ever had a similar conversation. In my experience, most of the time, it's like this unspoken, we're dating, we're seeing where this is going. I and mean, Nobody that I ever met had this assumption like, we are getting married in a no, year no, or no. two. No, 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 no. I get but like, but did they, but did you say, because you're going in this, like, and I, I'm, I'm assuming you are going in this kind of just seeing where things go or you're not looking for the one dating. I was dating Did and you? in New York city here, it's an, it's, it's very unspoken in my opinion. But you was unspoken in your experience because I spoken to other people and it would be different. So for you, you didn't, it wasn't something that you said, look, we're just going to see how it goes. Uh, or I'm not, or what, I guess what I'm trying to ask you is, at any time, did you just not want to have a relationship and you just wanted to have these social hangouts? Did, I, thought, I thought that I was looking for a relationship. Okay. I, I thought I might have been. I never, there's no shortage of people. There's no shortage of dates out there. At mm-hmm. no point did I ever, I mean, actually, you know what? Yeah, I went on a date or two here and there with some beautiful women that I had zero connection with. And I just thought to myself, like, I don't want to hang out with this person anymore. I mean, they're beautiful. And I'm sure if I stuck this out a couple more dates, we'd end up in bed or doing this. And I was like, yeah, I'm not into this. I don't need to waste my time. So I was dating people because I liked being with them and they liked being with me. Okay. For, the, for the most part, I don't think, I don't know what their expectations of where things were going was. But like, it usually was around two months was when we had any type of serious conversation. And it tended to be, you're not, what are we doing? Like, you're not giving me as much time as you used to, or you're not, are you still feeling this? And I'd say like, you know, like I thought we were just dating. I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for anything serious. And it ended up being having that conversation ended up being pretty, a pretty easy breakup. 
I, di- I didn't have too many people that wanted to stab me in the eye after we broke up. I mean, it wasn't, I was never lying to them. And for me, they were doing this. I had some people do the same to me, you know, where we date and this and that. And if we started liking each other. They're like, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, you're really nice, but, and then the worst is when they would kind of beat around the bush because nobody is busier than me. I mean, really, I was so busy with so many things and I'd meet some girls, we'd go on a couple of dates and I'm like, Hey, when am I going to see you again? Well, the holidays are coming up and then there's this. I said, time out. Nobody's busier than me. If you're not into it, just say so. And they go, yeah, I didn't really feel so much the last couple of days. And I was like, okay, fine. No worries. I'm, I'm not, especially with blocking text messages, just you block the person if they go crazy and you're done with it. <laughs> okay, Alan. So as far as communication, when you were doing these dating and did you, was communication, what was the mode of communication that was a preference for you at that time? Was it texting? Was it calling? Was it FaceTime? Was it face-to-face? I would say texting was 90% and maybe face-to-face was the other 10% mm. of stuff. And that becomes a trickery, a tricky slope because half the time when I'm talking to different people, I was just like copying and pasting stuff because there's only so much time in the day for, Hey, how's it going? And Oh, what have you been up to? And then you, you know, you give like a nice little explanation of some stuff and like, wow, he really takes the time to think out these thoughts. And I, I wasn't trying to be a sleazy person, but I probably was, you know, it got to the point where like, it's a game. I mean, dating and online dating becomes a video game of swiping and doing this and doing that. And I think talking on the phone and FaceTime is probably the best way to get to know somebody. And I, I met one girl once who she, that's the only way she wanted to communicate. And I remember being like, sweetheart, I don't have the time for this. Like I cannot, you know, I'm out and about, I'm doing things. And she basically said, if you're not going to have the time to give me all of this, then I don't want this. And we, I think we had one date, maybe two, and it just, it never went anywhere. And I respected that because she, that was maybe the one person who was very upfront about what they were looking for. And all the other girls I ever were out with was like, oh, he's just, he's busy. He's doing other things. That doesn't mean he doesn't care about me. You know, I see him once or twice a week and that was all they wanted. And that was fine for me. So if I was busy doing this and with one person, then I could see somebody else on another day, or I could sometimes see multiple people in the same day. And that was a part of my life where, you know, I had a couple of people that really liked me. I knew they really liked me. One of them was kind of a giver which I was not into at all. This is kind of getting back to my, you know, that one girl who's just too much of a doormat. I had another girl I was seeing who was so much fun, so great to be around, except she had a little bit of a uh, drinking problem. And it only happened maybe once a week, but she would go from zero to 60 so fast. And it, it just, it's too much taking, taking care of somebody. I mean, being at a bar where you're just pleading with the bartender, like, please do not give her another drink. Like we can't do this anymore. And once a week, once every other week was way too much. And she doesn't think she had a problem. But for me, I don't want to be in that relationship. And then I was with somebody else who was a taker. She was more of a, she was a little older. She was kind of a little bit of a princess and she came from money and she wanted to be taken care of. And I had these three extremes and I was kind of juggling them all. And I just remember a day, you know, where I, I woke up with one, I went to lunch with another, and then I went to bed with the third one. And I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, what is this? This is terrible. And of course, all three relationships fall apart because they weren't the right fit anyways. And that was kind of when I changed my serial dating persona because, again, I'm good at it. And I could probably balance three or four different relationships. And it just it felt terrible. I didn't like it. So at what point then did you get into a real relationship after that? Like what, how long, long afterwards? Probably about two years before I was in a real relationship, I started being a little pickier and I started, if I didn't, and it was, it was probably a flaw in itself was I would go out on a date or two. And if I didn't think it was going to lead to something serious, I kind of would bail after that second date or whatever. So Alan, at that point, because at the beginning of this serial dating, you were kind of just like going with the flow, but now you're talking that you wanted something serious. Right. So what happened for that to change? I just felt very kind of gross and empty. You know, like I said, like that, that one day was just like terrible and you're just spending so much time and effort and I, it wasn't the money, but you're also spending a lot of money too on just going places and doing things. And it just felt to be too easy. Like I said, you can, if you're a 
decent looking person with a decent personality. You can go out on dates and stick it out for as long as it takes. If your goal is sex, not a problem. It's going to happen after so many dates anyways. And I just didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to go down that road and lead people on because that's probably a little bit of what I was doing too. And then you feel bad because I did meet some really nice girls who probably were looking for more and they thought maybe I was going to be more. And you know, I remember somebody specifically where it was right around that two month point and she was, you know, she was related to one of my friends and I was horrible to her because I basically was like, she was trying to plan every other day with me. I said, you need to take a break. Like we, we are not together. We are just dating. And I let her know. And especially the way I said it was pretty harsh and pretty mean. And months later, I ended up sending her just an apology email because I was like, that was terrible the way I spoke to you and terrible what I did. So did they, because you said that they, they probably thought that you were leading them on, but you said to me that you were just dating. Did they know that you were like a free agent? Did they know that you were dating other women? No, definitely not. And I experienced it. No, no, no. I don't think anybody really ever. Okay. In my life, it was never said. It was never a, uh, just so you know, I'm doing this. And you know, I mean, one safe sex is very important. So if you that's the only time that conversation ever came up. It was before we're in a relationship, but if we're not going to be using, you know, contraception, we need to have a conversation that you're not sleeping with other people. But that didn't necessarily mean you weren't going out on dates or talking to other people or having, I mean, there was somebody once where they told me like, oh, I'm, I'm using safe sex with everybody else. If you don't want, I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 that is not what I'm looking for at all because that's not so good either. So sometimes you had those conversations, but call it a feeling, call it, you could tell, I could tell the girls that were looking for something more serious. And now I'm in my mid thirties and the girls I'm dating are in their mid thirties or sometimes in their late thirties. And they were definitely looking for marriage and relationships. And How did you know that? How did I know that? Because all of their friends are getting married because they're starting to have conversations about maybe I should freeze my eggs. You know, that's a thing for, for women. And it was a feeling you could tell. I did could they tell. ever tell you, Alan, that I really want to get serious with you, Alan? Do you? No. Uh, <laughs> only, you know what, to be honest, my current girlfriend who I've been with for you know, two and a half years now, she might be one of the only people that has ever said, because I met her when she was 31. And she told me, I think on our first or second date, granted, we, we met each other organically and we knew each other a little bit beforehand. She said flat out, you have five years and don't waste my time. Those were kind of her two stipulations to me. She said, I don't need a marriage or a proposal anymore. She said, but do not waste my time. If this is not going towards something, I mean, Lisa, I can't count how many dates I've been on. I cannot tell you how many second dates or third dates. It's probably over 100, maybe 200 dates ever. She might be the only person that upfront was like, do not waste my time. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about your behavior in these relationships. Do you, you're, so right now you're in a committed relationship. You're only with one woman. You're dating her. Would you say dating or would you say that you're in a long, you're in a committed relationship? We are in a long-term committed live with each other relationship. Okay. Okay. And if you think about your behavior, how you are, how you treat her, how does that differ from the times that you were having this dating, serial dating time? When I first started dating my current girlfriend, there were no other dates. There was no other girls. There was, I was so nervous and I valued her and cared about her and was crossing my fingers that every time I texted her, I'd hear back from her. And I felt so different and I didn't want to mess it up. Uh, everything was different because I was, I mean, we went on a first date that lasted seven hours and we just couldn't stop. And we planned our second date on the first date. And from there, the holidays came and we were talking through there. And the amount of time that I was giving towards her was so different because we were, we were texting all the time. We were planning things. There was also none of those other BS games. I mean, my, our first date was with my guy friends because she likes football. I said, we go out and watch football. Do you want to come? She's like on a second date. I was like, I'm not, I'm not joking around with you. You want to come, come. And she did. And it was fun. I cut all the BS, all the, well, I shouldn't say this. And is it weird if I invite her here or you shouldn't, do, I didn't care. It didn't matter because I liked her so much and I was not going to be overbearing, but I was going to be very direct with her. And I was like, I like you and I want to be with you. And I started planning things and it was, I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go a week without seeing her. 
I couldn't go a couple of days without talking to her. Again, there is a too much, but there is a medium in there. And that was for me, that was everything. Yeah, no, I, I get it. So you basically invested your time. You were, it sounds to me, when you were talking about the other women, when you were having your serial dating, you were saying, oh, I don't have time. I got to do this. I got that. Where with this woman, you're actually making plans. You are investing the time. You are communicating. Um, that was the difference in the behavior from the ones that you were just serial dating. Yeah. You know, the two extremes in my life were serial dating and serial monogamy. And when I was serial dating, it was not on purpose, but there was an element of put in the minimal effort when you're not with the person. Now, I always give everybody everything 100% when you're with me. My phone's down. I'm not doing different things. You have my undivided attention. Mm -hmm. But in the days that I'm not there, I'm texting here and there, doing what I can to keep the ship afloat, so to speak. But then when I was in that unhealthy relationship, it was too much. It was the extreme. It was constantly texting. Why aren't you texting? Where are you? What are you doing? What are you doing this? And, you know, when you're comfortable in a relationship, when I'm comfortable being with somebody, I don't feel that way. I'm texting when I want, when I'm feeling good. And it's so funny because I used to sit around and think to myself, like, how much is too much? How much is not enough? And Mm. the answer is, is when it's right, it's the right amount. It doesn't matter. You know, I... I I always like to say, you know, the difference between cute and creepy is how attracted you are to somebody. And it it really is. And if somebody likes you and you like them, it just doesn't matter if it's a healthy relationship. And when I was in an unhealthy relationship, it was too much. And when I was dating multiple people, it was not enough. Mm. And the girls I dated could pick up on it. They really could. Some of them just rationalize it with, oh, that's just how Alan is. And the other ones are like, nah, he's not into this. I I can tell what's going on. And I mean, I wasn't being slick. I mean, I'm pretty sure that at least one of the girls I was dating seriously was dating other people. Mm -hmm. And I then had been in a a quick two-month thing where this girl, we basically made it up front with each other. Like, I really like you. I really like you. I want to make this work. And then she was seeing other people. And when I found out about it, she said, oh, no, 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 that's that's not the case. And then, you know, a a month later, her phone buzzes with, you know, these very explicit text messages. You're like, oh, wow, that's what she was doing last night. Okay. So you got to be a good person. You really, really want to. And for me, I thought working on myself and being a good person was so important because I had been out with some friends and one of my good friends brought a girl that she knew from home and she turned, she said, this is Alan. He is the biggest player, but he's an awesome guy. And (laughs) that was not how I ever wanted to be described. And I remember kind of having a holy holy shit moment that night thinking like, it's not how I want to be remembered by my friends. And that's when I kind of stopped like, okay, I am not playing anymore. I am not jumping into bed with anybody I don't think could be something long-term because it used to be, maybe it'll be something long-term. Then it was, if I don't see this long-term, I'm not doing it. So do you think, because when your girlfriend passed, which had to be pretty traumatic because you, you found her that way. Do you feel that looking back, and you don't have to get into too deep into the psychology of it and what was going on in your mind, but would you say that that had an impact in how you were doing? Because you went from serial monogamy, you went from one relation to a next relationship without a dating, casual dating, which is okay to do. So when that, woman passed, do you feel that that had some impact on how you saw yourself, the world, women? And do you think that that had to do with why you were doing that serial dating thing? Yeah. I also just didn't care as much anymore Mm -hmm. because, you know, when you find something that's really great and it doesn't work, you're like, whatever, if that's not going to work. And of course that's way out of anybody's control. It just is like, I don't care anymore. Like what's Mm -hmm. the difference? Not to mention I didn't have that much experience sexually and I didn't feel so comfortable with myself. And I was becoming kind of, we started this with, would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert? And I always thought I was more introverted and I just was like really starting to come out of my shell. And that's when I was like, wow, this is, I mean, it was fun. It was fun to go out and meet different people and have different experiences. And it was a good time. And it just got to the point for me when like, what's enough, what's enough experience sexually and going out like when do you stop when do you want it to mean something and I was like a person where maybe at first for me it felt like oh this was fun because I could be with different people and it was maybe trying to fill a hole and I just found that that eventually and it did it felt great 
Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like, you know what, this is very short term, temporary, and that's not what I'm looking for either. Okay. Would you say, as far as um, the women that you tend to attract or the type of women that go that come into your space, do you find that there's a certain type that you seem to attract or you're attracted to? I, I really don't think there's a specific type. Um, certainly not physically. Um, I don't have a type. I've dated- I don't I, mean I, physically. Right. I would say personality for me is very important. Again, I've, I've been out there with models, just beautiful women who had not a lot going on on the inside, and that's not for me. Okay, I, <laughs> I, need, I need to be – so the people I attract, it tends yes. to be the ones who can stimulate me, where I like to talk, I like to perform, but I like to listen, and I like to be entertained. Okay. This is not what you're asking. No. Yeah. Okay. So what I, here's what I'll say. So there is sometimes you tend to see there's a pattern and maybe this is something you've never thought about. I don't know, but there seems to be a certain pattern, a type of woman that you seem to be attracted to or tend to come to your space. Like for instance, you might be someone who tends to attract a very alpha, assertive, strong female woman. There's some men who tend to attract, get they're attracted to that, or those types of women are, are, are brought into their space. So for you, do you notice that there is a pattern or have you even thought about a no. type that comes into your space? I, I consider myself very flexible, very chameleon-esque. I have never noticed that. I've No, not really. I mean, I know that as far as the alpha female, I've met a couple, but in the production of this movie that is my life, I'm the director, best actor. But I, like, I would never be okay being with somebody who was the star of the show. And that's just more my own personality. But yeah. if they were alpha controlling and, you know, my, no, my, alpha is sorry, not controlling. Sorry, sorry, sorry. If alpha they is were, not controlling. Like my current girlfriend, she's a planner and she's a scheduler and that's her job. And when it comes to a vacation, she does everything. She makes, I mean, she actually made a laminated thing for our last trip, which was incredible. And I would consider that a little alpha because she liked to be, she, she liked to be control of the trip. And I'm okay with that because I will be in charge of anything. You know, I always say in, at the, in the kitchen and the supermarket and in the bedroom, I'm in control. That is my, those are my three. And usually people go, wait, the supermarket? I'm like, do not touch the cart. I like holding the cart. I like being in control of the cart. But in the bedroom? Yeah, I'm not like, yeah, definitely. Okay. I am, I am in control of everything at all times, always. (laughs) And for me, that's, that's okay. And I, I like that. It's not anything crazy or kinky. I just like to know what's going on. And for me, more information is better. But as far as other things, if somebody wants to take the reins, and I do this with my friends as well. When we're going on a trip or something and somebody goes, so what do you want to do? So you want to do? I say, all right, I'm doing this. I'm making the, I'm making the plans. But if somebody else says, I'm, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, I'm a passenger. So in a relationship, I feel the same way. If somebody wants to take and be the alpha, I'm okay with that. If somebody wants to be the beta, I'm okay with that too. Okay. So I guess it's not being okay. It's just seeing if you notice that there's a pattern of, okay, that's fine. We got the answer. So let's talk about really quickly, what are some things that you get irritated or is a turnoff for you when it comes to women? Something that I get irritated about. Um, This is, I mean, Again, at the beginning of dating is probably more what we're talking about here. People who don't put enough out there and people who want to, women, in my experience, who want to be entertained more than entertaining. And, I, you know, I go on dates and I, I would ask questions, just simple stuff like, oh, what's your favorite food? Right. And they're like, well, I don't know if I have a favorite food. I'm like, okay, well, what's your top three, top four? And I get really irritated by people who don't give anything. And, Baskin Robbins has 31 flavors of ice cream. Okay. <laughs> if you don't, I mean, I know somebody who loves butter pecan and rum raisin. Personally, I think those are the worst two flavors they have. But for me, like I'm a mint chocolate chip guy. If you don't like my flavor, if you don't, if I don't like their flavor, that's okay. But I think just being too vanilla is very irritating for me. Put something out there and 
I'll decide if I like it or not. And I go with, again, kind of the people pleasers was always the most boring dates for me. Just somebody who's, oh yeah, I like that too. And oh, I like this. And it's like, I don't know. Give me an answer. Give me something. That always irritated me a lot. Okay. How would you like a woman to treat you? You know, from my experience, I immediately, my initial response would be like a king. But in my experience, that's not the right answer. And that's not how I feel anymore. Because being treated like a king, you know, feed me and, you know, have sex and don't talk to me. It's just, it's, it's not good. I want to be treated like they're equal, which is the most effective in my relationship. Because I want my girlfriend to think I am the best person in the world and she is so lucky to have me. But if she sacrifices any part of herself doing so, I lose interest and I lose interest really quick. And I want to excel because I'm a giver. I'm a natural born giver and I like making people happy with smiles and gifts and everything. And I want to have the ability to reciprocate. And it doesn't have to be this one upper type of thing because I, I've, I've had that before where I do something nice for them and you know what's nice just a thank you but they go oh now I have to do something for him and then it's like well no you didn't have to you can just be treated treat golden rule Lisa treat people the way you want to be treated and I think that's the healthiest relationships I've ever had okay and last question would you date yourself knowing how you are or were with women yes or no Alan if that's what you're looking for yes Okay. Yes, because because I was a good person because I wasn't terrible. Like I said, you if you are looking to casually date somebody and you actually hit on something I think that was really great that maybe at least women in my life never did. They never set the expectations up front and let people know what you're looking for because on, on the dating sites, it's are you looking for short-term, long-term, casual, marriage, whatever. Everybody was look, checked all the boxes. So I didn't have expectations. They didn't have expectations. But if you were looking to casually date Alan, and if any girl would have ever asked me, are you seeing other people? Are you going on dates? I would have told them, but they never asked. And so you never said it. You never shared it. I assumed they were doing the same. And to me, it just didn't matter until we got to that point of we need to have a conversation about safe sex or mm -hmm. is, this the, you know, the, is this going anywhere type of conversation? And it mm -hmm. usually was around two months. And that was usually too late at that point. Okay. So, so you would date monogamous Alan. Would you date serial dater Alan? If that's what you're looking for, yes, absolutely. I, it's the same thing. If the person wanted serial dating Alan, then sure. But if they would have asked me up front, like, are you dating other people? And I said, yes, and that's what they want, then absolutely not. No, so, no way, no so chance. Alan, let me ask you this. Do you have any lessons learned from those times that you think that you could have behaved differently? the serial dating times, it's short term. It's temporary. If you want to go out and have some fun and if I want to go out and do it, the lesson I learned was it was nice for a little bit, but it's not a long-term thing. And it left me feeling, like I said, kind of, kind of crappy in the end. And that's not who I want to be. And if my current relationship fails, which I don't think it will, I don't think I would start serial dating. I, I don't. Let me ask you this again. Would you do anything? Do you think that of the behaviors that you had back then, whether it was serial dating or the you know going from relationship to relationship, is there any behaviors that you saw in yourself that you would say, mm, yeah, I so should have done that? The ones that, the women that maybe I let on a little bit more, mm -hmm. I would probably, because I think I knew which ones, again, it was never discussed, but I'm pretty sure I could nail down the ones that thought it was a, uh, uh, exclusive thing and the ones that I thought were like oh we're progressing nicely to meeting each other's families and I think I would have probably let them know a little sooner that that's not how I feel but okay. I, I felt it more than it was talked about it was never talked about but okay. then when it was talked about it was too late okay well thank you Alan thank you thank Lisa you so much thank you so much for sharing your dating experience. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate you actually being very honest. I do. Um, and genuine and authentic. Um, and just being able to feel safe in the space that, you know, we created. Um, so I, I, again, thank you for taking the time out to talk to me.
Yeah, thank you for having me so much. This was this was very uh, introspective here, very retrospective too, I guess. I like that you said that. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, thank you everyone for listening, and until next time, bye. <laughs>